Welcome to Foundation and Family, the Erica Diaz Show, where real estate wisdom meets family life. I'm Erica Diaz, here to share stories, insights, and inspiration for building homes and nurturing hearts. Let's dive in together. I'm Erica Diaz with the Erica Diaz real estate team, and I attribute getting into real estate from my very first mentor when I was 16. I needed a summer job, and I went to Main Street Realty down in Windermere, which they're not in existence anymore, but Judy Black was the broker. And I knocked on her door and said, hey, do you have a job that I can do for the summer? She said, yeah, sure. You can come in. I'll pay you 10 bucks an hour. And literally, I had to do anything and everything she asked, and it wasn't real estate related. Sometimes it was getting my nails done by her niece, which is a really funny story that was super painful, or going to clean out a fridge or putting in a sign, but I absolutely loved the culture and the vibe that was in that office. And I knew that I wanted to get in real estate. So when I turned 18, I went and got my license. But the hard thing about real estate is nobody pays you to show up and nobody's holding your hand and holding you accountable. So I wasn't successful at it that go around. And um, I did lose my license because I didn't keep up with it. So later I got it again after having three kids and my kids held me accountable. So that's the beginning of where my real estate journey actually started. With four kids and a bustling household, how do you balance your family life with your professional ambitions? Yeah, that can be hard. We have four kids. They range from 13 to two. The two-year-old is definitely a wrench in the system because he is just so full of energy. And when we had the first three, I was just building the business and I would throw them in the car and they would just sit in the car for hours. They hated real estate. I I think they probably still do. I doubt any of them will end up in real estate because they have been raised in what it really is to be a real estate kid. But that two-year-old now, because he's the baby and he's spoiled rotten, he doesn't flex as well as those three did for whatever reason. But, you know, we do leverage help at home and we leverage help here because I would be lying if I told you I could do it all by myself. I just can't. There's too much with four kids and activities and a team that's producing over a hundred million a year. It's too much. How has your faith influenced your career and personal life? My faith has impacted my journey through business tremendously. When I first got licensed, again, after having the three oldest kids, and I became so busy, I was working a full-time job, and I was working in real estate. Obi, my husband, came to me one night and said, I don't want to be a single parent. This is way too hard. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to give up one thing, whether it be the full-time job that I was currently doing or real estate or my kids, which obviously it wasn't going to be them. So I began to pray and God made it so clear to me that I was going to start a team. And that was kind of before the team concept like really blew up. So I remember thinking, God, I don't know if I can be on a team. And I remember very clearly him saying, you're not going to be on a team. You are going to be the team. And thus became the birth of the team. And I started with three agents. I still to this day don't understand why they chose or agreed to follow me. I think it's crazy. 
Um, the only reason has to be God. So through this journey, it has been hard growing and expanding in a market that's pivoting and changing and really leaning into my faith and trusting in the Lord has been tremendous for my success, especially in this year. But that's a topic for another day. What do you love most about working in real estate? And what do you hate most about working in real estate? What I love most about real estate is working for some of my clients that maybe don't realize that they can purchase a home or are in a very tough spot in life, rather it be maybe the loss of a loved one or even in a divorce situation. I absolutely love coming into those spaces and being the calm force, which isn't what I'm most known for, but in this capacity, I can be very calming in a transaction, and I love being able to take someone from point A to point B and seeing them be put at ease. Now, some of the things that I dislike most is the chaos that can ensue behind the scenes of a transaction, and honestly, some of the agents that exist in our world that are poorly trained or maybe are with a cloud-based broker who has no accountability for their behaviors and their actions and just operate the legal document as if it were a piece of paper like a napkin that you wrote up at a bar. So that can be very challenging when we're on the other side and we're following the contract that is legally binding to a T and the other agent thinks it's a suggestion instead of an actual contract. So why is being on a team more advantageous to agents than trying to do it alone? So being on a team, from my perspective, is more advantageous because you have the availability and the opportunity to leverage so many other humans to help move the needle. When I was a single agent, I was my marketing coordinator, posting on Facebook, on YouTube, learning what Twitter was. I still don't even understand LinkedIn, um, YouTube, um, websites, SEO. And then after you got that marketing component down, you had to go into maybe advertising. And that's through Zillow or pushing stuff out through mailers or advertising in magazines. And then you had to get into your transactional side and making sure that everything was compliant and going through QC. And then after that, you had to procure the client. And then after that, you had to, gosh, the sky's the limits. Oh, don't forget you're your own photographer too. So you're at a listing shooting photos that are subpar with your cell phone, which is terrible. So being on a team, the benefits by far outweigh the cost of being on a team because you have all of these resources at your disposal. You've got an ISA department, which stands for an in-house sales team. They're running the phones behind the scenes 10 to 12 hours a day. You've got technology that would cost you $2,000, $3,000 a month just to have by yourself. You've got a marketing department that is working around the clock, pushing out content that makes you stay relevant and staying in front of market trends. You've got a director of ops who is behind the scenes running all your paperwork and pushing that out. So when that client wants to put in an offer, you don't have to pull offside the road and open up your laptop and start typing away. You can just call in and say, hey, transactions, can you help me write this offer and get it out? So the 
the chaos that we live in in today's society with having the access to us 100% of the time with cell phones and email, it just becomes so overwhelming. And if you have that team environment, you have those resources at your disposal to make you be more successful and actually get out there and do the things that you like to do. When I was a single agent, I didn't love the paperwork. I didn't love the marketing. I loved being in front of the client and I loved talking to the client, but then I still had to do all the other things. As the team grew, I was able to outsource and leverage those tasks to somebody else. And it just made my life so much happier because I got to do what I wanted to do and not what I needed to do to get the transaction through. Tell us a story about how you got into coaching. How did I get into coaching? Gosh, you know, coming out of the pandemic and really looking at the business, I noticed that we were very top heavy with salaries and expenses, and there wasn't much profit because the cost of everything was going up. Even from a consumer standpoint, we've all felt it. Your gas has gone up. Your groceries have gone up. So why wouldn't advertising go up? Salaries go up. Um, Zillow went up for the amount of connections. Everything was increasing, but the transaction count wasn't increasing, and it was just built poorly. So I started researching different options of how to systematize what we were doing to eliminate human error leverage AI, which is cheaper, and coaching kind of was born out of that. And it's been an incredible journey. Um, When I go back and I think about what God led me to in that moment, I was so convinced that he said double, but I didn't realize that double would mean not only doubling the per-person productivity, but it meant shaving everything down and peeling back the layers to the onion to where we could get to a very solid core functioning group that was running much tighter than what we were running before. So coaching has been a huge benefit for us. I coach with Tom Ferry, and I think I will probably always be a coaching client. Um, It's just been tremendous for the growth of our organization and for the culture of our organization. It's changed tremendously. Uh, Tell me about a transformative moment for you since you've been coaching. The most transformative moment that comes to mind from coaching for me would have to be, well, let's digress a little bit. This year's theme for coaching and Tom Ferry's network has been health, wealth, and exit strategy. So as I coached weekly with my coach, and I've got this two-year-old that is just bustling with energy at home, he didn't sleep. He still doesn't sleep very well. But I would coach every Tuesday and say, I'm so tired. I'm just so tired. This market shift is so hard. I don't know if I want to do this. And, you know, the agents aren't happy. We're not happy. We're not making what we were making. And it's so hard. And I'm just so exhausted. And my coach looked at me through Zoom and said, Erica, you're not that old. You need to go to a doctor. And I said, why? I'm fine. And he said, just go get your blood checked. So I went and nothing was catastrophically wrong, but everything was off. And it was all attributing to my health and the way I felt. And I didn't even think that I needed to be better for me to show up for the team. It just wasn't even a thought in my brain. And when he did that and I began to show up for me, I not only became a better team leader, 
I became a better mom. I became a better wife. And it's been transformative because through that journey, I was able to lose 50 pounds. And I've been very public with that. But it wasn't easy. I just needed to show up and I needed to participate in my own life. And I had kind of quit and just let the business run by itself. Through that process of me showing up for myself and me losing weight, I also lost dead weight in other areas of my life, whether it be in the office or in my personal life. I just really started to focus on what brought me joy and peace and was fruitful. And if it wasn't, I had to remove that from my life. And that was very challenging. But looking back now, it's been probably the best year of my professional career that I've ever had. All right, tell us a little bit more about your involvement with Mosaic Church. We've talked about my faith and my family, and I feel that it's kind of important to bring in our church family because we are so involved with Mosaic Church, and it has been just one of the best support systems we could have ever experienced. It's funny to me because we started our journey there late, late 2017, and God had called us there to be still and to be quiet, and that is not our style, to be quiet anywhere or to be still anywhere. And what later would reveal that we didn't know in the time is that my husband had to have open-heart surgery about five, six years earlier than we had ever anticipated. So he put us at Mosaic to keep us quiet, to keep us still, to lean into our faith, to get closer to Jesus, and it was so incredible because we needed that in that moment. We needed to be still. We needed to focus on his health. And when we first arrived, we didn't know that. It was probably about a month or two into it that we were at a routine checkup for his heart. And they said, you know, it's time. And I said, no, it's not. You're six years ahead of schedule. And they said, well, we'll let you schedule it for six months out. And six, six months turned into about maybe six weeks, maybe four weeks. So it went much faster than we had anticipated. But that community in that moment wrapped around us. And that was the first time that we felt so at home at Mosaic. But as we continued to journey through our life with Mosaic, we ended up adopting our fourth child, which has been one of the hardest experiences as an adult, but one of the most beautiful experiences. And again, that church family was there for us. They showed up. They wrapped around us. They offer respite care. For those of you that don't understand what that means, it's, I need a day, I need a break. And someone will show up, whether they bring you dinner or whether they just wrap around your family and give you two hours off. It's, it's incredible. So leaning into that community and growing my business has just been divine by, by God. What are your hopes and dreams for the future, both personally and for the business? My hopes and dreams for the business moving forward, we are going to start with the business. Um, the goal next year is 364 units. It's very clearly defined, thanks to Tom Ferry Coaching Network and my personal coach, Hank Cassie. Um, that is with 14 producing agents. And one of the things that we learned through this discovery process is it's really hard to ask people to follow you if you don't even know where you're going. I mean, think about if you're driving to Alaska, you just get in your car 
and you drive there, you're going to get there much quicker if you have a plan. If you don't use GPS, you don't have a plan, good luck. I don't know when you're going to get there. So how many people can you get to follow you if you don't know what you want to do? So we defined what our vision looked like and we set our core values. And after doing all of that, it just became much more clear who our avatar was that we wanted to work with. And that's who we target to bring onto the team now. So my goals for next year is to double the business in size and keep the same agent count that we have today and just keep growing. My goals for 2024 personally is to continue with my health journey because that has been so transformative. And through that, we actually started working out with personal trainers at home. Thanks, gym guys. You guys are the best. Uh, And we work out with the kids. So we get to spend time with them sweating and grunting. And it's not my favorite thing to do, but we build relationships through that. And I get to spend time with these preteens that don't necessarily want to spend time with me at this point in their lives. Um, I want to just continue my walk with Christ and grow closer and just show up in the community more. That's been a huge thing that we uncovered, which I always knew was there through our vision planning and through understanding our core values is walking alongside of some nonprofits or being on mission in whatever capacity that will be. So for next year, one of my big goals is the family goes on a mission to either Cape Town or Guatemala, but probably Guatemala because of the flights and a two-year-old, right? No one wants to be on a 17-hour flight with a two-year-old. Tell us a little bit more about your love of fish and animals. I absolutely love all animals. And if I wasn't married to my husband, I would probably have a zoo inside of my house. And my third kid absolutely gets that love from me. Um, we've had almost every animal and if we didn't live in suburbia, we would definitely have a Highland cow. Absolutely. Um, maybe a mini pig. Um, I just, I love them. They, they don't talk back. They're so innocent. They're so kind. They're so caring. All the animals. Uh, currently we have this 200 gallon saltwater fish tank. And when I go home and, I put the kids to bed, you know, a couple hours later and dinner's done and the house is tidied again. Last night I was interviewing nannies and I was laying on the ottoman that I moved over to the fish tank and I was just staring up at the fish tank interviewing nannies and I was thinking, gosh, this is what it would feel like to live under the sea. So I know it's ridiculous, but I just love all the animals and I would absolutely have a zoo if we didn't live up in suburbia, which is very convenient to the office. And I don't know that my husband would allow for that either. He uh, wasn't raised with animals, so he's tolerant, but I would not say it's his favorite thing. The craziest thing I've seen showing houses, gosh, there's been a lot. It's funny, in my phone, I have a notes section, and it's for one day when I want to write a book for some of the things that I've seen or heard. And I'll change names, of course, but I've absolutely walked in on people having sex Definitely. Um, Sleeping people in bed often, very often. And unfortunately, a dead body more than once. Some crazy stuff in showings for sure, definitely. Favorite book about real estate? 
So my favorite book about real estate more recently has been Traction. It has absolutely changed the way we are operating our business today. And if you haven't read it, read it three times. I'm on my second round and it's very hard, but it's impactful. Morning or night person? Definitely a night person. Please don't talk to me before 9 a.m. Beach or mountains for a vacation? I want both. Coffee or tea? Oh, I want both. One word to describe your work ethic. Honest. Favorite real estate related app? Zillow. I use it. The lay consumer uses it. They think it's the gospel, so I have to use it. Favorite personal app? Facebook. (laughs) I love it. I'm addicted. Dream property type to sell? Okay, my dream property to sell would be something in the mountains um, or on the Gulf of Mexico. Absolutely. We'll stay in the mountains. What do you do to de-stress? Yeah, I actually... (laughs) I was not going to say that. I was going to say my uh, social media person scheduled a therapist appointment yesterday for me, and she's going to work on some coping mechanisms with me. Favorite thing to do with your kids? My favorite things to do with my kids, I don't think there's a blanket statement for that because they're all so very different. So it depends. If I'm with number four, well, if I'm with number one, the boy, he loves basketball. He loves shoes. So he wants to go shopping for shoes. And I mean, I like shopping, so that's easy. Uh, Number two, she either loves to go shopping or get her nails done. And that's kind of mine in her time. Number three, she is just such a ball of energy. So I love just watching her use her imagination, like draw or paint or write. She just wrote a book that she wants published, and I'm supposed to be figuring out how to get it published. So working on that. And then number four, well, he's two. So my favorite thing to do with him is put him to bed. (laughs) When he does it. When he does go to sleep, which is not often. (laughs) Disney or Universal? So Disney or Universal is really hard for me because my big kids are definitely into the roller coasters right now and they love Universal. Um, And then Disney is so much fun for the baby because just watching that Disney magic through his eyes is just one of the best feelings in the world. Favorite fast food restaurant? Oh, well, Starbucks. (laughs) I go to Starbucks every day and get their coffee. They actually know me when I pull up in the drive-thru and they ask, Erica, would you like your tall black coffee with two pieces of ice? Yes, I would. Savory or sweet? Oh, gosh, sweet, sweet everything, sweet everything. Deathbed meal? Yeah, I've, I've definitely put some thought into this. It's filet mignon, cooked medium with like a Bernays red sauce and mashed potatoes and uh, macaroni and cheese. And we actually had this conversation the other day, and I didn't think of a dessert, but basically one of any kind of chocolate cake, brownie, anything like that. Definitely my death row meal. If you could have a superpower, but only five minutes a day, what would it be? Okay, my superpower would be teleporting. I could just teleport. That would be my superpower, 100%, because then I could be, I didn't, I wouldn't have to book time in between appointments. I could just be like, here one second, and then picking up my kids the next second. It would be like, boom. Texting or talking? Texting. Please text me. Favorite day of the week? As a realtor, they're all the same. Favorite city in the U.S. besides? Oh, I love Manhattan. The kids love Manhattan. They love the Big Apple. They love going there. They love staying in the high rises. It's, they love it. They love Central Park. I love watching it through their eyes. I, I love Manhattan. Nickname? Kid. That's your nickname? Yep. Okay. 
Yep. That is what I am called. Okay. Kid at home with my parents and sometimes by my husband, which he thinks is really funny. Uh, your spirit animal. Oh, my spirit animal. Maybe more recently an axolotl. But I wouldn't have said that a couple of years ago. My spirit animal would have been like a spider monkey. Definitely. What's your go-to dance move when nobody's watching? Oh, so I just feel super awkward dancing because I do believe you lose coordination. So I try not to dance a lot anymore because I used to dance, you see. Um, and it's awkward now. Scale from 1 to 10, how good of a driver are you? Well, if you ask me, I think like an 11. But if you ask my husband, he would say probably a negative 5. But my driving record is much cleaner than his. And our insurance company just gave us these, like, things to put in our car. It's going to track our driving. So they're going to tell us here real soon. How long does it take you to get ready? Oh, 30 seconds. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is... A lot. <laughs> Did Taylor Swift make Kelsey famous? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I didn't know who Kelsey was at all. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> no, but that's funny. All right, let's do the last one. If you're stranded on an island and had one item in the world, what would that item be? My cell phone that never dies? No? Can I do that? Cellular network, but... Oh, well, uh, then I guess my Bible. <laughs>